Well, welcome to a something new for us at St. John's doing a Q&A podcast. This is something that we've talked about doing some sort of a podcast and doing a sermon series right now on eternity. I think a lot of the questions that people have center around eternity. And as pastors, we get a lot of questions and we want to take your questions back today. You were over at Peace Villa and you said you were still getting questions. This is true. Pastor Hutch here getting the good questions at Peace Villa and we're excited to try a podcast for today and talk through some of these awesome questions and important questions. So we've got four questions that we want to cover, four questions that uh, you guys as congregation members have submitted to us as we're launching this series and we hope that maybe this spurs more questions that you might have and we're not going to also claim that we have all the answers for this. Uh, We're going to try to frame the conversation with Scripture, uh, not saying more than what it says, not saying less than what it says. So uh, hopefully you'll be able to enjoy some of the conversation as we have it here today. So first question, Pastor Hutch, will we know each other in heaven? Oh yeah, we will. Um, This is one that I think is an old myth of uh, a a mistranslation from John, uh, note Matthew, chapter 17, no, 22. So Josh is going to edit this part here. (laughs) Repeat the question one more time. Will will we know each other in heaven? It's Matthew Matthew 22, 30, where Jesus is talking about marriage. Will we be married in heaven is kind of the question, which actually is being asked by the Sadducees, which didn't believe in the resurrection. So it was really a trip, a trap that was being asked of him. But... So two parts to it, but yes, the basic answer is we will definitely know uh, everyone and our loved ones, our family and friends uh, in the world that is to come, because heaven is uh, God's space and we will all be there uh, when we die in faith. But we we know, especially if we think about a new world, uh, somehow connected to this one, restored, transformed, and so our lives and uh, the truest uh, pers- people that we are in Christ, of course we will know each other as the body of Christ, as the family of Christ, and then even all together, uh, the bride of Christ. So we will know our Lord and that pure source of our life and our love, and then it all just spreads to us as a family. And so... Well, and, and I think, you know, if you just say, all right, what does Scripture say here? You can see, one, I think the most important thing to recognize is when Jesus rose from the dead, did people recognize him? Absolutely. They he did. maintained the essence of his identity. Uh, when Jesus was transfigured on the mountain, uh, who showed up? Moses and Elijah. Yep. The disciples recognized them. So it was a part of who they were. Now, what exactly they looked like, I don't know, uh, but they recognized who who they were. Because it uh, did seem like Jesus looked slightly different. Like at first, there's a couple, I'm forgetting the specific references, but, and maybe it's the shock that he's alive, but um, it takes a moment for them to even begin to grasp that reality because it's so awesome, basically, mm-hmm. to yeah. know somebody that well. Yeah, so we're going to recognize each other. Right. Um, you can look at Lazarus and Abraham, 
the story, I think it's Luke chapter 16, the rich man and Lazarus, and they recognize each other. It's mm-hmm. not all of a sudden our identity disappears. Now, it's somehow maybe changed, and this is what you were talking about with Matthew chapter 22, where Jesus says, we'll neither be given in marriage uh, nor marry. So that doesn't mean I'm not going to recognize my wife. It right. just means that my primary identity is not her husband yeah. or her being my wife, That's but right. collectively together, we're, we're the bride of Christ. Right. Uh, so that focus is on Christ. First and foremost, we will recognize him and then we will maintain those relationships with each other. Like yeah. you said, there's this continuation of the current creation and the new creation. Mysterious as it is, that's the coolest thing uh, for me to imagine, is how the world we love, the people we love, and I think later we'll even look at the, the pets that we love. Um, somehow, this life that God has given us, he wants to restore it. To me, that's mm-hmm. my favorite way to sort of frame my understanding. But. Right. Yeah, our our understanding, how I look at it. It continues, it spills over from now into eternity. Yeah. So here's another question that someone asked, and I think they're referencing John chapter 14. Are there rooms in heaven? You know, I'm kind of curious, like, you know, our kids have their own rooms and have their name over the door. And did you have your own room growing up or did you have to share Actually, I shared for a while. Okay. See, I always shared a room and... I don't think I've honestly ever had my own room. So like, I did have a sweet attic, uh, third floor attic room that was pretty, pretty nice. So I was blessed for a little while. Eric's room. <laughs> yeah. It didn't actually have a door, though. <laughs> so are you gonna are you gonna get the attic room in heaven? Like you can be off by yourself. I'd prefer or? that. Yeah, I had these triangle sort of little corners you could nestle into. So <laughs> just I'll whole, be in the attic. Yeah. That that whole conversation of rooms and a house. Yeah. And uh, there is a sense in which a room is this place of separation from others. And uh, certainly heaven is not going to be, oh, you're off on your own, separate from others. But right. you're part of that larger house. I think of you know going on vacation as a family. And yeah. People have their own rooms in the big house that you're staying in, but then you all come together. There's that central gathering space yeah. with God at the center of that. And I think that's what Jesus is getting at in John chapter 14. In my Father's house are many rooms and the image there of a dad um, being kind of the, the patriarch of the family and then uh, rooms are built onto that. Mm-hmm. And so when Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a room for you, it's that bride image that we were talking yeah. about. Uh, before the wedding takes place, he goes and he builds onto his father's house and then he comes back for the bride and mm-hmm. says, hey, uh, there's a special place for you in my father's house. Yeah. And maybe on a real big piece of land, they wanted a little extra privacy, so they build it off to the side. But there's, they're all there. They're all on the land. And, and sometimes that private space, some of the, when you have worked to cultivate your home, uh, your life, then you're like, oh, you know, I want to bring somebody over and share this. You know, so I loved having mm-hmm. people up into my room, you know, when the time was right to just hang out and share it as well. So... Right, so looking at heaven as this communal mm-hmm. place, it talks about it as you know the city of God. Yeah. And now, what what do you think about this? this is kind of a side thing, but I, 
are you going to get a mansion when you get to heaven? Because some of the hymns talk about, you know, the mansion yeah. yonder. You know, is that a mistranslation of John 14? It could be a not complete translation, because that's the neat thing about God's Word, is there's al- it's always, uh, there's always a little more to it. There's so many angles you can look at an image. And I heard... Uh, my favorite guy, N.T. Wright, got to plug him since mm-hmm. we're talking about eternity. Yep. We've used our studies from him before. Um, but I heard him say something to the effect that the, one of the images behind that word where I go to prepare a place for you, it could have had kind of almost a transition moment. So you're on a journey and you need to stop and stay at this place for a while, which maybe we're thinking heaven and maybe we're waiting to get to the new creation where it explodes into something even more. And that, to me, makes that verse even bigger. Like, wow, not just a mansion, not just the home, but then highlighting the journey that we're on um, with Christ and to be with him. And he's coming back. So, you know, we're, so we're waiting. And yet we have a place, you know, safe with him. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would echo that. Yeah. Heaven is... There's life after death, mm-hmm. as N.T. Wright says, and then there's life after, life after death. So yeah. another extension of all that is good that God has prepared for us. Yeah. Okay, the, the third one, and this is a little bit more sensitive of a topic, very personal. If you die but don't believe in heaven, but at one point you did, will you still go to heaven? And you have to say, okay, what what does the Bible say? Mm-hmm. How is someone saved? Yeah, and you go to Ephesians chapter two. We're saved by grace, uh, the work that God has done for us through His death and resurrection to bring us into that relationship with Him, and we're saved by faith, where we actually trust that He has done that work for us. And it doesn't quantify right. how much faith it is. Yeah, and we were talking before we started recording this just about people and where they're at on that spectrum of faith are they strong in their faith are they struggling in their faith and and it's hard to measure somebody's faith yep. even up until the end yeah and you said really uh clearly you know we can start with a pretty good foundation that uh, God's word leads us in a pretty clear direction that faith is pretty crucial um, to understanding life, to obviously understanding God, and then all the benefits of that, right? Forgiveness and life and salvation, knowing that you're you know, safe in God's uh, plan. Um, so yeah, those who believe and are baptized mm-hmm. will be saved. And that's that's pretty easy to say. That's very clear. Yeah, Mark and, 16, 16. And it's nice when it's clear, when somebody displays that faith. And so there's just, that's that's easy. You know, salvation for those that believe and, and show any faith, um, you don't have to worry. You can see that they understand God's word, even if they struggle at times and, and dip down in their, sure, str- I, you know, their doubts and fears. I think it's Mark <laughs> chapter 9 where this father who's lost his daughter says, I do believe. Yes. Help me overcome my unbelief. So mm-hmm. we're always a mixed package. Yeah, like we believe point. and we doubt at the same time. Uh, but for someone who used to believe, as this question is clear, and and doesn't, 
uh, if we were to take that and play that out, yeah. then you would say anybody who has chosen to live this life with an awareness of Christ and a trust in Christ mm-hmm. on the other side of death is going to see Christ and experience Christ and yep. be with Christ forever. Anybody who has chosen on this side of death to deny Christ's existence, uh, to be hostile toward Christ, and there are varying levels of that, uh, eternity is just an extension yeah. of that. I think that's Matthew chapter 25 where Jesus is talking about, you know, you had this relationship with me, you showed my love for others. Right. Now come, share in your master's happiness for others depart from me yeah and um uh, how was i going to add to that so for um those you know we those people that you just said um for those people like you just mentioned who are just so obviously against God for some reason either yeah their eternal status is in jeopardy like we know that that's why there's warnings and there's judgments um but uh sorry I I think too you can look at people in the Bible who had uh were in a place where maybe they once believed yeah and then moved to this place of unbelief uh, whether it's Judas, and I know we can play that one out and say, did he ever really believe? But I'm going to be under the assumption that he he, yeah. he was drawn to Jesus, yeah. and then something changed in that. Or King Saul, or Paul in some of his letters, I think it's Demetrius and Alexander, just some people that used to be committed to the yeah. faith, yet he said now they've shipwrecked their faith, they've yeah. turned from it. Yeah. So this can certainly happen, and we're not saying as... As Christians, that once you're saved, you're always saved. Yeah, it's... but I choose to look at it more in the spectrum of knowing Christ here and now. You'll know Him in eternity. And I, I think those cases of real uh, anathema, those that have seemed to just totally turn away um, completely, are, are fewer and far between. Those are some pretty they're intense examples, and I think they're there, you know, partly just to realize. It, uh, I think we can fall away in that way. I, I don't look at that for myself, or I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't look at life that way as if I'm afraid to lose my faith. But obviously, there are examples of it. So I think one of the points I was uh, trying to get clear in my head before I said it out loud is, and if I was kind of preaching to those we might label as you know unbelievers, um, my message to them to start is pretty simple: Are you willing to just listen? Right, like all ye who pass pass by, do you take do you take notice? Whatever that mm-hmm. verse is, mm-hmm. um, just just at least begin to listen. You don't have to shut the door, or you don't have to believe right away. You don't have to. I'm not asking you to believe right away. Just at least listen and like consider some of the the things, and don't be closed to it. And I think if somebody's just not closed to it, that God's grace can you know get through right. that. I, I just don't want somebody who somehow. And I mean, what do you do with? Uh, somebody who maybe just had a real bad church experience and so there's a wall there that isn't even all their fault and how do you well you trust you trust in God's grace and we have to live that out towards people that don't know well i think that's where you you can't necessarily quantify exactly faith you know we're saved by grace through faith yeah 
um, but what level of faith is necessary? We're not told what that is. Yeah. And so in the end, uh, we're not going to be able to be the judge. Yeah. Uh, the scripture never calls us to be that judge. It calls us to be those people who faith comes by hearing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so Romans chapter 10, how can they hear unless someone goes and shares with them? So we're called yeah. to be the ones who share yeah. up to the end. And you know, even to have those death side conversations I know a friend of mine, her dad had heart surgery, and so she just posted something on Facebook. Hey, my dad's not a believer. He's not really been receptive to this, but my husband and I are going to talk with him. Please pray for us. And they noticed that there was an increasing level of receptivity to that. So never give up on somebody. Yeah, never give up because God's grace is, is so much bigger than we often you know, right? We we uh, live by faith, not by sight, and mm-hmm. He is doing things that we need to believe and expect are so beyond right what we think or imagine that He can do for us, and then for those that that are struggling to believe. Well, I think it's not just about their faith. Yeah, it's about us choosing to trust God too, yeah. and entrust that person right. to Him. And whatever in the end He decides to do, yeah. Well, guess what? It's going to be what's good and best. Yeah, right and just. It'll, mm-hmm. it'll be, we will, we will see in the end. It will make sense to us. Right. Okay, one last question. Let's yeah. have a little bit of fun with this one because I think this is, uh, honestly, this is a question that it seems like kids would ask. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think all ages ask it because a lot of us are animal lovers. Yeah. So what about pets in heaven? Yes, uh, having just gotten our for my first dog ever in my life and falling uh, madly in love with that dog and thankful uh, for how that dog is a you know a part of our family and good for the kids and all of us um, so the question you know is usually uh, pets in heaven but and the specifically, it's like, is my pet <laughs> yeah, is going my pet. to be in heaven? So we can't overstep our bounds and yeah, say that's true. for 100%, okay. <laughs> yes. I know I know you want Coda to be there. And I'm not saying Coda won't. Yeah, no. I, I'm I, just, uh... <laughs> if we back up and we look at the original creation yes. and the new creation, yeah. there's a similarity yep. between them. So when God created the world, what did he create? Yep. Day six. Lots of animals. Lots of animals on the ground. Lots and, of them. So will there be animals in heaven? That's the first level of yeah. the question. You can say yes because Yeah, and I'm gonna just I'm gonna say in the new creation, because heaven still um, mm, heaven still is not the you know, I think the an important thing through this series is just to try to realize heaven is just where God is, but the real ultimate goal is new is new creation absolutely so and for me uh my bias my personal opinion is that uh, all dogs go to heaven oh wait that's an old movie it's a good movie (laughs) uh it's maybe not theologically sound but um i believe as you just said that there will be animals in creation and the way the way i uh structure my my imaginative belief on this because you know sometimes we have to realize we're just you know uh, shooting in the dark a little bit, but um, we are going to get to somehow rule and reign with Christ. Like we are going to be the stewards and caretakers of this world uh, as we were meant to be. That's mm-hmm. what that's who Christ is, and we're in Him. And I like to think that He is endowing us 
with all of all that he is, right? Like in a marriage, you're really connecting your lives. And so if, if I get to rule and reign, I'm going to decree that Coda is there with me, you know? And that's, to me, that makes sense because we must admit that animals, I mean, what they do with therapy and all these things, there's something about animals that is an, an amazing blessing to us. So can that blessing continue into the new creation? I sure think so. Um, well, and I think Isaiah... It makes, it, it's a part of who we are, you know. And Isaiah, Isaiah certainly gives uh, an indication that there are going to be animals. Mm-hmm. The lion will lie down with the lamb. Um, so there's that. And, and then I kind of came across this interesting quote. Martin Luther was not, he didn't shy away from just laying his opinion out yeah, there. Yeah. And there's a lot of Luther quotes. And, and I think creative imagination is kind of yeah. what you said. So we're not saying Luther's quoting scripture here. Um, but at one point in time, he told his favorite dog, don't worry, because in heaven he was going to have a golden tail. <laughs> So now, I did think the, Luther did the tail must get have, knocked off. Like, did, did, did the dog have an accident? I don't know. know. Uh, don't worry, you'll have a golden tail. But somehow he, he knew that, like his his dog, he sensed that his dog was going to be there. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not going to say for sure. I think we're yeah. you, you know you want to strongly say that, but I'm well, not as yeah, much of an I animal mean, lover. Yeah, I appreciate animals. We I, have a dog, yeah. <laughs> um, but. Go back to the creative order, and you know humans are the ones with souls, which is yep. that eternal yep. nature to us. But what what was God's original intent well, in Genesis chapter one? You know, did he he intended us to rule and reign? Yeah, you know, to have be co-creators with him to right? create stuff, right? And plant and guard and build. And so, so that's those, how I take it to the next level of new creation. I I can. I think God's going to give us the joyous freedom to do certain things that we want. Now, we don't want to just idolize all of our wants and desires mm-hmm. and say, oh, we get to do that in the new world. But if you look at it, I think the way I'm looking at it, that's a freeing thing to me. That's valuing just who we are now and saying, hey, that somehow gets to be connected to you know, who God made us to be and who we will be. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. The and- podcast comments will tell us. So that's where I think we're going to wrap it up there for this week. And we're going to take more of your questions. We have a slew of other questions that uh, you've submitted. And we're going to speak to some of these in the future. So we'd love for you to tune back in next week as we take some more of these questions and, and try to wrap our minds around what God's Word is saying. Yeah. So... Amen and amen.